The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, today on the Influencer's Edge, we have Vicente Enriquez. How do I pronounce your last name right, Vicente? Yeah, that was that was fantastic. It's probably better than I could say it. Aha, uh-huh. also known as Vinny. So we're going to call him Vinny. I was on your podcast, and I actually had the pleasure of sitting down and having lunch with you where we told war stories. So this is going to be really great. Now, Vinny is the head of and owner of, or however you want to put it, of the Enriquez Group. I want you to brag on yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this number really carefully. How much real estate in San Diego have you and your team sold? Uh, well, so myself, it's uh, uh, by myself, 200, 200 million. Um, Hold on. Pause. Button. 200 million. Not 20 million, ladies and gentlemen, but 200 million dollars. Smackolas, fungolas, lettuce, kale, cash, dollars. Uh, over what period of time did you do that? Uh, so it's been over 10 years. Yeah, nine years, 10 years. Yeah. That's $20 million in sales a year. So that's pretty damn good. Now, right here, before we go on to the rest, I'll read the rest of your bio, but I'm going to circle back. Uh, let's see. What more do you have to say? On its podcast, he interviews entrepreneurs that have overcome adversity and allows them to tell their story and how they've done it. I'm going to ask you about that on this road to success. I'm sure you wouldn't, you weren't slid out of the womb as a champion salesperson and that you yourself have taken on a lot of bumps, a lot of bruises. So what was the first thing you started selling? What began your selling journey? Did it start with real estate? Yeah. Yeah. No, real estate was definitely, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I always had the mindset of a kind of a grinder and that's what been actually a change. Huh? What is a grinder? What does a grinder mean to you? A grinder is basically someone that puts the time in, puts in the effort. I mean, that's how I looked at basically working out. And that's how I looked at work is basically if you put the time in, you'll basically get the return out of it. Uh, that's was my, was my mindset. Uh, and it's definitely changed over time. How's it, what has it changed to and how did that change come about? Was it a sudden realization? Did you meet a teacher or a mentor or a guru? How did the change take place? It, 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 I mean, it just changed over time. I started, I mean, listening to more podcasts, talking to more people. 
And the idea of uh, working smarter, not harder, uh, was something that kind of popped up. Uh, I think I listened to something, uh, I forgot who it was, and it's going to probably, I'm going to get it after this podcast. Um, but the idea that we both have X amount of days, uh, I mean, hours in the day, but one person gets paid more in those same hours. Why is that? It's not because they're, I mean, better looking or granted, whatever it might be. It's because they have a talent, they have a skill set uh, that the other person doesn't have. And so I started looking at, okay, well, how can I better my, my skill set on a daily basis? So I make more money every day. That's very interesting that you said on a daily basis. So do you have a ritual that you do in the morning that you, where you affirm your success or you visualize whatever, what you want to do for the day and the month, the year? How do you do that? This is a well, it, it's, it's changed over time, but my, my anchor is working out. That's my anchor. So even though my schedule has changed over time from being a solo agent for a long period of time to actually growing the team, um, it, the anchor's always been working out. So I wake up now uh, every morning about 4.30. Uh, <laughs> That's brutal, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, so I wake up at 4.30, uh, get ready uh, for my day, go work out, uh, and then get back home, take a shower, get breakfast, and then start working. Because I found out over time that most people don't really start working until about eight o'clock, sometimes 8.30. So if I want to get things done before people start reaching out to me, asking me questions, I better get in the office before eight o'clock and start doing my stuff. So then when they get in the office, I can basically be available for them. Okay. So you, I want to go back to something you talked about the grind but you love what you do so if you love what you do it's not really a grind is it when i first got in the business i came out i got into real estate as necessity i was basically burning myself out um working i mean all hours of the day in, in the construction field as a quality control uh worked in afghanistan and came back uh to the u.s you, whoa, whoa pause you worked in afghanistan yeah, I worked, a, I worked a year out there. So I needed a way out of my, I was making enough money in my old career that I was doing good, yet the future wasn't really there for me. I was like, people around me were like, you got to get out of there. You need, a, you need to survive. And so I got an opportunity to work in Afghanistan for, for a time frame, And I took it. I took the, took the jump, worked out there for a year, made some money, uh, and then got to real estate. What were you doing? I have to pause. Yeah, Rod, one little bit. What were you doing in Afghanistan specifically? And did it involve wearing a flak jacket and a helmet? No. So I, I did work outside the wire. So we would build stuff for the, um, the Americans. And then we also build stuff for the Afghanis, the Afghani military. So we were on in Camp Bastion, uh, Camp Levenek over there in the Helmand province. And so we'd go outside the wire and build stuff. Um, build like barricades, so, I mean, um, build facilities, and then we'd come back. So looking back on it, I actually got a, I got a gun pulled out me one time by an Afghani actual soldier because he was trying to steal stuff from me. But for the most part, I think we had two attacks while I was there. But for the most part, it wasn't that bad. All right. This is not in your biography of the suggestive list of questions. For those of you who don't know the inner workings of a podcast, we asked guests for a bio and suggested questions. 
but I want to get into mindset a little bit deeper into mindset because many people who are doing $20 million a year in real estate sales would get complacent. Okay. That's enough. But I don't get any sense, both when we met in person and today, as I speak to you, I don't get any sense of complacency at all. So for the first, I mean, for the first six years, whatever, I was basically doing it for some, to make something bigger than myself. Right. And I burned myself out. I, I didn't, I wasn't able to have work in life. I basically focused so much on work where I ruined a relationship that I was with for I mean, six years. Right. It was, it was basically issues on both sides, but yeah, I got to take blame because I focused on work. Right. That was my first thing. And so then I looked at it later on was what's my ideal life? What's my ideal world? Where do I want to be? I mean, before I, before I were to die today. Right. And so that's what drives me looking into the future and going, okay, what's going to be next in life for me. Um, and so it's finding basically something big, making something bigger than me while still enjoying my day-to-day life. How far do you, uh, I'm, this is my NLP skill because when we do neuro-linguistic programming, part of what we do is we model some of that as a skill. And this is a skill, staying motivated like this over a long period of time. You've been doing this a while. So when you look into your future, do you have a clear image of it? Do you have a, For example, do you do vision boarding? I don't see you as a vision boarding kind of guy. I, I, I've done it, pushing myself to do it, and I, uh, but I don't do it frequently. Don't do it. No. All right. So let's move on. I know NLP has done a lot for you. Again, NLP, for those who are not regular, so this is your first time watching, is neuro-linguistic programming. So I'll let you define what what is, I don't want to get into all the catchphrases and the jargon, but what was your first encounter with NLP and how has it changed your, your, the way you approach business? So if, I think for sales, I mean, that was the first thing I looked at it. Well, how can I maximize my day how can i maximize what i'm doing on a daily basis and it was okay conversation i need be be better at those conversations uh and it's understanding the way i look at it on on a lower level is basically understanding how you can strengthen those conversations uh with your your demographic that you're going after mirror matching reframing um but just kind of strengthening those conversations so before we take a deeper dive into your sharing, just exactly how everyone can begin now to benefit from listening to you, I'm not sure all the ways you'll get excited as that's taking place. But as you find yourself giving me just an example of how you utilize this, I'm grateful on behalf of myself and the audience as you find yourself doing so. <laughs> just spinning a little bit of stuff for you. Where example would you use it in your sales process it, so in real estate, right, and most bigger transactions like financial, whatever it might be, right, most people don't know what they don't know, right? And they're only going to allow you the opportunity to guide them to where they want to be once you basically are on the same plane as them, right? So what, the only way to get to the same plane as them is basically, in, in my opinion, is mirror matching them, making them understand that you're just like them. And then guiding them through, I mean, the conversation of how to get to where they want to get to. 
I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the way I kind of look at it when I'm talking. It, it makes sense to me. I, if I can paraphrase it, yeah. I think what you're saying is they're not going to accept you as a guide to where they can go unless they first accept you as an authority on where they're at. Yeah. So what kind of things would you, I know a big part of any sales process, whether it's real estate, financial services, cars, I don't care what the bleep it is. A big part is asking the right questions Mm -hmm. to bring the information forward. Because if you don't have the information, then you're shooting in the dark. You're throwing, you're wearing a blindfold and you're throwing darts at a moving target. So if you could, what would be some of the examples of the kind of questions you would ask in a sales process to evoke? I would say, I'm just gonna use this word, compliance. I know it's a loaded term Mm. to have the prospect comply with you and on some level and follow along with you and see you as that authority in their world. I hope I'm not drilling down too narrowly, but I want to unpack this so people get it beyond the conceptual level, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say when you're looking at starting a conversation with someone, remind yourself that everyone wants to feel important, right? For most, most people want to feel important. Right. right? And so what's the easy way of making someone feel important, right? Is every time they, they ask you a question, uh, affirm basically what their statement is and then ask a, uh, another question that goes farther into that rabbit hole, right? So whatever we're talking about, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Well, well, tell me more about that. Or, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. What does that mean to you? Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. What? I love that. Tell me more about that. What does that mean to you? I really like that, especially the second one. What does that mean to you? Because correct me if I'm wrong, that's requiring them to take a dive into a deeper level of their mind where they keep their values, the things that are the most important, not their whims of the moment, like I'm going to pop a piece of chocolate in my mouth, but the things that are really important for them. That's brilliant. What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, right. The, the, whole, the whole idea is that basically emotion is going to make you act right statistics stats everything like that is going to make you think but the emotion is going to make you act yeah this is why i always teach you're never selling your product or service you're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions yeah let me circle back to something else because you're extremely successful i know that very successful people don't get there without at least a few hard falls in your face. I don't, I know you told us about one losing a relationship, but you've got to have had a couple of others, either a big deal that fell through or something. So how do you you deal being tripping uh, on reality sticks her foot out and trips you? And also when you just had major disappointments because you just, in any kind of sales job, we have to put up with a lot of rejection. So those are two separate questions. So yeah, the, the time that I found out that my relationship, my previous relationship was falling apart and that she was with someone else for the last seven months oh, uh, was, was also the same time that I was in the middle of a lawsuit. Uh, oh, holy hell. Yeah. And it was basically a lawsuit because I outsourced a, um, uh, an activity and found out that they were doing something that wasn't um, by the book. 
And so I was in a pretty bad spot at that time. And to be as transparent as possible, I probably went directly to booze for about 10 days. And, and then I, I, I took, I mean, I started listening to mindset stuff and really looking from at him. from him. Uh, one of the ones that was pretty powerful that I'll listen to everyone's is Dr. Joe Dispensia. And he's, he's basically in, he's from San Diego originally, but he talks about mindset a lot about how, how powerful it is. Um, and so, and then I listened to some other stuff from Ted talks, but one of the, one of the really, one of the biggest things I did was actually putting together a checklist of the things I was looking for, right. Just in life, in a partner, just in general and keeping that basically attainable on my phone. So every time I, I was going around, um, focusing on the decision, I go, does it follow the guidelines that I put out for myself? So did you put it as your screensaver? My screensaver is my great niece. Did you put it as a screensaver or what I, did you do? I put it as a note. I put it as a note. It was um, because something that I heard, especially in the dating scene, you see it more so. But you, after three dates, I think some, I heard someone say, you could look past the person's faults, right? So you basically have three dates to, to basically find out if that person is right for you or not right for you. Because after three dates, you're going to only look at the positives, right? This is what I wouldn't I, know. I never get a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 what I would do is I would basically on, on the checklist I had for that is every time we're in date two, day three, I would start going to the checklist. And if they didn't meet the, the items on the checklist, I had to cut them. It doesn't matter how attractive they were. It didn't matter how, how fun, how fun of the time it was. If they didn't meet the guidelines on the checklist onto the next person. So. So I, love I love that and so you just go through the notes in the morning or the evening or both probably in the morning knowing what you just said yeah in the morning just kind of get my get my mind right get my mind right on what i was looking to accomplish that day and then when and i was in those situations i would basically look at my my notes to go okay here's a decision now my parents were realtors. They weren't necessarily very good at it because they wanted to be liked more than they wanted to sell. I know no like and trust is important, but that was like, they didn't ever want to be seen as pushing or any of that. And sometimes sales requires being a little confrontational. This is my, I don't know. Do you share that opinion from time to time? You have to be a little confrontational. I, I look at it this way, is that if you're confident in the product that you're selling, Right. And, you know, there's a higher likelihood that the person that works with you is going to be better served than the majority of other people they will work with. Right. You're doing those people a disservice. That's right. You're not guiding them to work with you. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. It eliminates the fear of rejection because you're the one offering the value. I love that frame. That's a wonderful frame. For confidence rather than i'm going to sell this person i know i can sell them the idea that you're doing a disservice if you're not the one representing them wow that's really good that's worth the entire <laughs> podcast in and of itself in and of itself tell me um wow you've given so much value in such a short period of time 
if you could give one major piece of advice to people who are in business, whether it's real estate, sales, or whatever it is, what would that piece of advice be? I think it's something you brought up about the idea of failure, right? I mean, once I learned that failure is not failure, if you learn something from it, it changed the way I looked at failure. When I, when, cause I think when you're, when, you, when you're younger, especially for sports, I would take the feet pretty bad. Yeah. And I would be like, I, Oh my gosh. And then you just get so angry and at least for me frustrated. But then when I started realizing that it's actually good that I'm, I'm failing because I'm learning from that failure, right. it basically allowed me to be okay with something wrong happening. Got it. I agree. I agree. Vinny, you try, here's the thing. You've dropped so much gold. You've given us so much meat with no, no fat. We, we've actually, I think, gone through the time we need. This is pretty amazing. <laughs> Most guests, I have to grill them for like 30 to 45 minutes, but you've delivered so much value in such a short period of time. I, I'm not stunned because I know how to handle guests, but it's, it's been damn good. Let me ask you this. What are the best ways people can get in top contact with you as they now realize they have to get more Vinny? Um, so yeah, the two best ways are going to either go to the website, www.thenriquesgroup.com. Can you spell uh, that? Oh we'll yeah. Put it in the notes. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it in the notes. And, and, and then also to my phone number, uh, 858-345-7829. Uh, One more time. 858-345-7829. Seven eight two nine. Don't call him and breathe heavy, ladies. I know he's a looker, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, oh my gosh, talk. You want to? If you want to hear some stories, I got one time where I got an unsolicited uh, uh, male genitalia picture on my my phone from my cell phone. Oh, sorry about that. I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Danny, thanks. You've been a wonderful guest. Thanks for being on the Influencers Edge, and we'll catch you all next time. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. 909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack in sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.